It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Mock Turtle Soup was served at Paul Brown Stadium at the media luncheon on Monday. James Rapine was there. The quotes are out there on the internet. Let's break down what went down at the Bengals media luncheon. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. If you're new to the show, because it's a new season and we just hit that 10,000 subscriber mark on YouTube, <laughs> as I was kindly informed by my dad yeah. and a few of our followers last night. Well, you might want to hit that subscribe button and join the club. You might want to hit the follow button if you're on one of the many audio platforms and get our content delivered to your device every day we upload. Training camp is nearly upon us, James. And when training camp is just days away, literally from the time of recording, two days away with veterans reporting as you're listening to this podcast on your way to work on Tuesday morning. Well, there's a, a bit of mock turtle soup served first. We'll get a review of this year's mock turtle soup from James Rapine at some point in the show. But it's also the only scheduled media appearance for Mike Brown, typically on an annual basis. We heard from him a little bit extra last year with the Super Bowl run. But there's some things going on that Mike Brown got to weigh in on. That's where we're going to start our show, from naming rights to raise extra money and do what they can to put the club first, in Mike Brown's words. To injury updates on Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins and a little bit of a Jesse Bates update along with some minor roster moves, some players the Bengals signed on Monday. That's the roadmap for the show, James. You were down at Paul Brown Stadium enjoying that mock turtle soup, listening to and recording Mike Brown as he spoke. The biggest thing that stood out to me is the, the naming rights conversation just from a business perspective, from a front office perspective. But Mike Brown had a number of interesting things to say. What stood out the most to you? I think the fact that he's kind of acknowledged that the things that he's kind of bent on over the past few years have been good for the football team. I mean, if you would have told Mike Brown in 2000 and let's say nine, after the Bengals swept the AFC North, that at any point during his ownership, they would be building an indoor practice bubble, even a bubble. Right. And there's talk about a long term facility and that's going to happen long term. All of those things. He would, you know, probably have laughed at you and said, no, no way. But he acknowledged that, you know, and gave Elizabeth Blackburn credit and his, his grandkids credit for, for pushing. But that his his evolution in bending on some of these things, including now the naming rights deal, that it's for the better of the football team. And let's hone in on the naming rights part because that's the most recent one. Why does that benefit? It's pretty simple. It, they need some cash flow. They need this cash flow for a bunch of reasons. One, the indoor practice facility, which Mike Brown mentioned. And the really the, the biggest topic, which is 
kind of weird and I get it. And I didn't ask about it because I'm not going to look too far ahead because the Bengals can't do a damn thing about Joe Burrow's contract. Seemed like it was Joe Burrow's contract. It seemed like everyone wanted to ask, what are you going to do? What are you, are you counting your pennies now, Mike? Are you counting your pennies now, Duke? Like it just, it felt like that was something that everyone wanted to ask about. And um, so, yeah, that was part of it too. But overall his flexibility, you know, any 86 year olds that are flexible. It's, it's really hard to change. I mean, it's yeah. really hard to change in your 20s. I've been listening to another podcast called the, the the Huberman Lab, the Huberman Lab podcast, which is a neuroscience podcast. And I was just today listening to an episode when he talked about, you know, the transformations in the brain that make neuroplasticity harder to change. You're, you're learning a lot more easily when you're a kid, certainly not when you're Mike Brown's age at 86 years old. I, I do think that you make a good point there, the, the willingness to change, putting the team first, even went on to say, you know, he, he thought his dad would have approved of the change. Right, James? Yep. Yeah, he, he did. And, and I think that's that's the other part of it. And why should we speak for Mike Brown when we got Mike Brown? Here's Mike Brown on the potential change in the naming rights deal of Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, we're uh, exploring it. We're in discussions. Uh, it's... Uh, a difficult move for me, but uh, my father always put one thing first, and that's the football team. That's what mattered. And I think that the best thing for the football team at this point is to uh, generate uh, revenue enough to help us handle the cap, uh, help us do some other things that we need to do for the team and for the franchise. It's a, a move that's been made all across the league. I think if we go forward, that'll leave two stadiums that uh, haven't uh, put an aiming rights deal together. And some of it is we just have to try our best to keep up with the other guys. Brown talked about revenue being different for a small market team versus large market teams. There are estimates out there, Forbes does every year, for example, about revenue streams and stuff like that. But talking about maximizing revenue, James, as you said, for, for the train he sees coming was a popular quote that I saw on Twitter today of Joe Burrow's contract extensions along with T. Yeah. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase. He even mentioned extending Tyler Boyd, by the way, who – has been something of an afterthought when we've thought about extensions. He, he's been a guy that I've long assumed would be on his last deal with the Bengals. But Mike Brown mentioned Tyler Boyd as well when talking about those extensions today. But just talking about doing everything that they can to maximize a football team is, is something that Bengals fans and I personally have been asking the Bengals to do for a long time. And selling the naming rights to the stadium is another way, as, as Mike Brown even pointed out, that they can join the majority of the rest of the NFL in the way that they do business, which is to maximize revenue so that, one, they can make money because it is a business at the bottom line. And I'm sure the Brown family is making money like every other ownership group in the NFL, but two, to, to modernize the way that they pay players because, well, there isn't hard evidence that they have a cash problem. You know, Benjamin Albright, for example, on Monday tweeted in a conversation that they're cash poor and that they can't put the money into escrow. And this has been a theory that we've talked about. And there's no hard proof. There's just behavioral evidence that this is the way they behave. And so 
again, increasing their cash flow, finding ways to, to get ready for the big amounts of money they have to put into escrow as they are very eager to extend Joe Burrow and obviously will prioritize that, which Mike Brown also talked about how much everyone there loves Burrow. This is a good move in that direction. And <clears throat> as far as cash flow goes, uh, you notice the the helmet reveal was sponsored. You're, you're going to see more things sponsored and they should be one. It's much easier to get sponsors when your team is good and your product product is good. So that's part of it. That's why we have so many great sponsors partially is because guess what? We've had more viewers and listeners over the past year because the Bengals were actually competitive and they weren't 625 and one for two years. So it helps everybody. So the Bengals uh, obviously I think are trying to take advantage of that as well. And the thing is, it's not just Burrow. You're right. He mentioned it. Chase Higgins, Boyd. Boyd isn't in that category, right? Boyd to me, if they were going to extend him, not that we're going to spend a lot of time on this would be like the, the Von Bell category where it's like, you might be able to keep them for a team-friendly deal. And if you can, that's great. And and, and you go from there. But uh, Jamar Chase, my favorite quote from Mike Brown. I was just like, ah, we've spent a lot of time on Burrow, and people are asking about the Super Bowl, including me and all that. You ask him about Jamar Chase, because not many dudes, you know, go for 1,455 yards and all those touchdowns and make Jalen Ramsey look like just an average corner at times in the Super Bowl. And uh, so I asked him if he was surprised by Jamar Chase and what he did as a rookie. Jamar Chase. Listen, if you aren't surprised by Jamar Chase, you haven't watched football for 60 years. Uh, He's uh, been remarkable. He makes plays that you have to see to believe, and uh, they stay in your mind. Uh, The ones against Kansas City. I remember years ago having that same uh, feeling about Isaac Curtis. He'd go out there and, my God, did you see that? Uh, and and with uh, Chase, it's the same thing. Uh, I uh, uh, marvel at how he has played, and I am uh, expecting him to keep it up. Probably not a whole lot else to say about Jamar Chase there. Expecting him to keep it up, being surprised after 60 years of watching football, that's interesting. And a little call out to the soon to be entered into the Ring of Honor, the elected to the Ring of Honor, Isaac Curtis as well, to tie in a little bit of Mike Brown's ownership history. Coming up next, we also got updates on Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins and their importance to this team. And Brian Callahan talked about a little bit as well, the short yardage stuff as it relates to these two guys being around on the right side of the offensive line. So we'll get into when we can expect Collins and Kappa coming up next. Jake mentioned the term cash poor, and all of us have been there, right? A little short on cash. And no, I'm not saying Dave is going to be able to save the Bengals and help them keep Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase for the next decade. But I do think Dave can help you. It is the app that is going to help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. It's more money to fill your gas tank, buy a wedding gift, catch up on bills, buy a bunch of belt bars. You can do that with Dave with no credit check needed. There's no interest. All you have to do is download the app. Millions of people have done it, and you can too. So download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for extra cash and get up to $500 instantly 
For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees do apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you will thank you with Dave. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We got comments from Zach Taylor and others about Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins. So the first thing here is that Alex Kappa had a surgery. Doesn't sound like it was a major surgery, but... He's still expected back before Collins. Collins dealing with a back issue. We, we learned a little bit more specifically about what the injury is for Collins that he's been dealing with. It sounds like it happened in July. It happened away from the team, of course, which is why he's on the non-football injury list because if he had suffered that injury when he was with the team, he'd be on the physically unable to perform list that Kappa is on. So those are a couple of the details. Taylor saying he expects Kappa back before Collins, like I mentioned, and Hopefully it's nothing too serious for either of these guys. It doesn't really sound like it is, but teams also don't have to tell us that much at this point. The coach is talking about load management essentially for these guys and making sure that they can get to the regular season healthy because that's really what matters. And we still have a little bit of time before the regular season rolls around. Yeah, of the two, I mean, Kappa has been healthy. And so it's a core muscle thing. Let's say it was a hernia surgery, and we don't know for sure, but let's just say it was a sports hernia. It's six weeks, right? Like, he'll be ready to go. It's probably a month ago when he had it already. So that's not doesn't feel like a concern. But the, the scary part is Lyle Collins is supposed to be this answer at right tackle, and he hasn't played a lot in recent seasons for a variety of reasons, but injuries, a big part of that. And so it's just it just kind of makes you a little nervous. That's all. And now it's a back in, in Zach Taylor, the way he framed it. And it's good, man. It's good to, to frame pictures this way. Cause the picture is going to look really damn good. He said, Oh, he's dealt with this before. He knows what he's dealing with. It sounds good, but he's dealt with this before. I, I don't, so what he re-aggravated a back. Ah, it's just, it's just one of those things. Now I, I don't think it's, I still don't think it's something to, Oh my God, what are the Bengals going to do at right tackle? No, I, I still think it'll be Lyle Collins. I'm a little more concerned today than I was, say, uh, on our last episode when I, I thought it might be something even a little more minor. Yeah, the fact that Kappa's going to be back before Collins, I mean, we don't know what surgery he had, right? So maybe it is truly just something very minor that. Sure. It, it's, I was it's speculating. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, uh, insignificant that he will be back first. I did talk to Marcus Mosher, host, one of the hosts of Lockdown Cowboys, about Collins' history in Dallas because when I searched for it, I couldn't find anything about Collins having back issues. Specifically in Dallas, he had a stinger. He's had some neck stuff. He has a very well-documented hip issues. But there wasn't anything when I looked to do a little bit of research of my own about him having back issues in Dallas. Marcus said that he did deal with some back issues in Dallas. And there are a lot of Cowboys content creators out there and Cowboys fans that are saying 
He just doesn't like to practice. We're used to this from Collins. And we'll see if that continues. That would be a little bit surprising to me, at least in year one, even if there are long-term work ethic issues for Collins, which I'm not saying there are. I'm saying Dallas fans are expressing there are. I would expect that there would at least be a honeymoon phase with a new team and reuniting with Frank Pollock, and that that wouldn't be the case right now with the way he's talked about being a bodyguard for Joe Burrow and the way that, you know, Frank Pollock talked him up. He talked Frank Pollock up. And like I mentioned yesterday, he has a lot of money on the line in per game active bonuses. So he's going to have to do what he needs to do to get active to earn a lot of the money in this deal. And and that's the thing, right? Is as long as he's ready week one mm-hmm. and is is confident that, you know, gets the reps necessary to be comfortable next to Kappa. Cause that's the other part that does matter. If that happens, well then, Let's roll. You know, you'll be good to go. And so, yeah, he doesn't need to be out there Wednesday. Who knows? Maybe he will be. I don't. It doesn't feel like it. Maybe he'll be out there next Wednesday. Um, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, look, if this offense is going to be what we expect it to be, you need Lyle Collins to play the majority of the season. So if that means missing a couple weeks of camp or a week of camp, and we don't know how much, how long, uh, then then so be it. It's 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 worth the. The trade-off, of course, especially because, man, it, it to me, this offense with Lel Collins, not even just passing game, run game-wise, and I know we want to go there, run game-wise, they should be able to win on these third and shorts, these fourth and shorts, and, and have some success that they did not have last year, which I love the idea of giving you know Joe Burrow a fresh set of downs, even if it's two more times a game. How different is that for, for this Bengals offense this year versus what we saw last season? Well, and, and Callahan talked about that last year quite a few times. When the team got a first down, they were one of the most efficient scoring teams in football. They just had to get that first first down. And they had a lot of issues in short yardage situations. Callahan reiterated that today. Before we jump into that conversation, just really quick, just, just in case you're wondering, 47 days from Tuesday when veterans report until September 11th, which is the season opener against the Steelers. So plenty of time for, for people to get healthy. No need to sound too many alarm bells right now. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. You, you said we'll see if we see Collins out there. He almost certainly won't be practicing given the reports and, and the, what we heard from co- coaches on Monday. If he is, great. Is he on the rehab field? Is he, is he at least out there getting some work in? That's what we can be watching for on Wednesday, right? Yeah, no, that, it's, it's a good point. You know, will he be working? Because the last time I saw Alex Kappa, he was working. Mm-hmm. He was breaking a sweat. He was working harder than, than Tyler Shelvin, for example, who had that ras- wrist wrapped up. Um, and I'm not saying anything about Shelvin. It's just he, he seemed like he was close to getting back. Right. And uh, and then he, he must have had a you know some kind of procedure obviously and you know hopefully we see hopefully we see Alex Kappa for Family Day that would be fun if we see him for back together Saturday. Yeah, we also learned on Monday that Family Day apparently the Bengals will be wearing whatever the White Tiger uniforms are for practice. Well, well the helmets. I think they're wearing the helmets. I, so I saw uniforms. Did you hear helmets specifically? Oh, yeah. I mean, normally they don't wear full blown like game uniforms for, I mean, maybe. 
Maybe. But, you know, if it was normally, uh, if it was a normally thing. they don't go to the Super Bowl either. All right. So, you know, maybe maybe they will. I don't know. I can't find the source of it now, unfortunately. But I, I know that the it helmet. was discussed. Definitely the okay. Definitely the helmets, though. Yeah. Maybe that's what's meant by uniforms. That would be a fun way to model the new uniforms. But you're right. I mean, usually they're out there in practice garb. So yeah. it would be. Certainly unusual. The, the last thing here is to do with Callens, Collins and Kappa is Callahan specifically talked about those two guys should be able to get a little bit more of a push. He's expecting running behind those guys to, to be really advantageous to this offense. There was conversation among coaches about how what you're going to see this offensive line improve the most, where it will be most visible is in the running game where Joe Mixon was touch, touched in the backfield by defenders more than – but near near the highest rate, if not the highest rate in the NFL mm-hmm. for, for bell cows anyway. So something that I think coaches are expecting to see significant strides and is, is run blocking, especially on the right side of the line. The, the Kappa Collins combo is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. And something else that was discussed quite a bit on Monday, James, is the return of Jesse Bates. It was more of a when, not an if. When do we expect Jesse Bates? We'll finish the show there. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. When do we expect Jesse Bates? It sounds like it's on his schedule. None of the coaches had anything negative to say. Lou Anarumo, Zach Taylor... Mike Brown, you go to the front office, Mike Brown and Duke Tobin, all saying lovely things about Jesse Bates. Sometimes it's a business and deals don't get done. We wanted to get it done. We tried for two years, said Mike Brown. He's a great guy. We all love him here. We have expectations that he's going to come in ready to go, hit the ground running. He's keeping himself in shape. He's doing work. So no one was raising alarm bells. And of course, you wouldn't publicly. The coaches... It's out of their hands. They're just trying to maintain the relationship with the player, obviously. And so when the coaches are saying, yeah, matter of of when, not if, and he's going to come and he's going to be ready when he shows up, I feel like there was a sense of calm and unity among those that spoke who work for the Bengals today that seems very expectant that this Jesse Bates situation will not be a holdout as much as it could be a holdout when there's nothing that can be negotiated into the regular season. I, I agree. And it, it's kind of, they all reiterated it. They were all in lockstep. And look, Jesse Bates wants his money. You want to get your money, you got to play. He's not going to be a $20 million a year or even an $18 million a year safety in 2023 if he doesn't ball out in 2022. It is that simple. And he can't get his, he just can't get an extension now. It's against the rules. It doesn't matter if they trade him to NFL Europe, the Eagles, or anywhere in between. It is NFL happening. Europe. That's why I said it. I, I, I could have named a bunch of different. It doesn't matter. It's it's against the rules, Jake. You could create a, your own league and try to give Jesse Bates a bunch of money. K 
Can't do it. Not happening. Sorry, NFL Europe fans. Jesse Bates is not coming. It's not happening. So this is the only option. This, this, that's why like, I kind of pushed back on the idea when you said sweating the other day, right? Is I just I think they're kind of like, all right, we'll, we'll see him when he, we see him. And will that be the, right before week one? Maybe, maybe that's it. I was talking to some people today and they seem to think that nobody with the team, just people speculating, seem to think it would go that way. But that's kind of where we are now. No one knows. And Bates isn't talking. And so we might as well just throw it out there. Jesse, if you want to talk about the negotiations, about your status with the Bengals, hell, about the trip to Vegas, you might as well come on the number one Bengals podcast and talk about it. So that's the, the formal invite, Jesse. We'll, we'll send you a link. You can jump on and, and you can tell your story. And, uh, heck, you can even do, do the intro to the show. Jake will step back and let you lead and steer the ship. You can, you can tell us any story. It doesn't have to be the story of this contract negotiation because, I mean, honestly, what is there to say? You can tell us any story you want, Jesse. That, oh, that's, no. That's I, I, want, I want the numbers. I don't want the reported crap that well, we saw. I want the true numbers, maybe. Did, did you see Paul Daner reported that it was $14 million a year, $19 million guaranteed total? That was the Bengals' offer stated matter-of-factly in a, in a report on TheAthletic.com. Gotcha. And maybe. Maybe yeah. it was. I, Obviously not something you're independently verifying, but that's what was reported by, I guess, our, so com- our competition to some degree, but certainly a, a primary source for, for Bengals news. So, that, so that's the Marcus Williams deal? Roughly. Less guarantees, effectively, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Without the guarantee, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the Minka Fitzpatrick deal really probably threw a wrench in the Bengals' plans. Well, and go back to Jamal Adams, and you know, probably blame uh, Christian Kirk somehow because what was was Christian? I, you know, probably Christian Kirk's fault. I, to be honest, I do want to reiterate something you said because I've been kind of I, I was critical of. Uh, Bates' agent, David Mulligetta, during this process some. But just to reiterate something you said on our last show, Bates chose this route. This is his path. And when he signed with David Mulligetta, guess what? I'm sure David sold him on the idea, I'm going to get you yours. We are going to do whatever it takes to get you yours. And so this this is the path. And it, it gets ugly. Like it's there's a David Mulligetta, he did this with the Broncos and Justin Simmons. It was a franchise tag, and Simmons ultimately played on it, and then he got tagged again, and then they finally got a deal done. So who knows? I don't feel like Bates is going to be a priority, though. If he plays out this year, and you can sign Burrow to an extension, and you can sign Higgins to an extension, and you can sign Logan Wilson to an extension, holy moly, they nailed those three picks. I don't know if Bates is going to be the the priority, even if he plays at a really, really high level. I think it depends on how much he forces the issue, but it's hard to see them coming to an agreement at this point. I've said a few times if they don't get a deal done, which we didn't expect them to get a deal done, it's probably the last season for Jesse Bates in Cincinnati. That doesn't mean, you know, never say never, as they say. But if if the speculation that, that you're bringing up is that he's not going to show up until the week before week one, that means that he is doing essentially the bare minimum to make sure he gets all the money that the franchise tag would pay him. And is it potentially fine? 
yeah, potentially it's fine. But we've talked about the the football reasons, the football sense behind it. I, I get that it's a business, and I do want the best for Jesse Bates. I want him to get paid and, and get his life-changing money for sure. That starts with $13 million, just shy of $13 million in 2022. And we'll see where it goes from there. I guess this team could surprise us. If Mike Brown is talking about extending Tyler Boyd at, you know, to, going into his age 30 season, then maybe, maybe I'm not as aware of what this team's future plans are as I thought I would, as I thought I was, but we'll see when Jesse Bates shows up and I'm sure it will be a celebrated moment when he does another note on Monday, the Bengals signed a handful of players, James, You've got this on allbengals.com, of course. Defensive tackle, Dominique Davis. Defensive end, Raymond Johnson III. And linebacker, Tigray Scales. Tigray Scales, of course, has done a former step with the Bengals on the practice squad. The games that he did play in the NFL were with the Pittsburgh Steelers before he joined the Bengals practice squad. Raymond Johnson, a college free agent who got into a lot of games, as I understand it, in 2021, uh, was with the... New York Giants, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And to grayscale, uh, and and Dominique Davis, I actually don't know anything about. What can you tell me about Dominique Davis, James? Uh, Dominique Davis, look at you, just putting me on the spot. The good news is, is I'm ready. He signed. You've done the, the reporting, Jets. James. I know you've he, done the reporting. He, he signed with the Jets as an undrafted free agent uh, in the 2020 season. Um, most recently, played in the USFL for the Houston Gamblers. Had 57 tackles, three and a half sacks in 10 games in the USFL. So we'll see there. Um, but Davis, uh, eh, yeah, we'll see. But the the main thing here, I would say, Bengals had three defensive players. The roster currently now at the maximum 90. So if they sign anyone, they're going to have to let someone go. Uh, one last thing on the Bates. You want to know sure. what the Bengals' true intentions are? If they extend Von Bell... Now you know. That's it. If if Von Bell doesn't get an extension, then I think they're just open. They're open to anything when it comes to Bell and Bates, and, and they'll see next March. But I if, think I'll also be really interested to see where Dax Hill is taking most of his snaps because there was conversation about Dax Hill playing in the slot, playing corner, playing all over the place. But if – well, I guess that's their plan for this year because they're expecting Jesse Bates back, and that doesn't necessarily tell us much. An extension for Von Bell, depending on the figures of that extension, could certainly tell us something. You're right. Uh, I, I think that's a good point. As far as the defensive players signed, all front seven guys. And just, I think – likely anyway a matter of bodies we've talked about the lack of depth on the defensive interior where there are three three guys that played last year quite a bit that that are around and tyler shelvin who appears to be available not on the pup list and then a couple of rookies that are trying to trying to get in there so just adding some additional people to that mix so that they have enough people to to get through what they need to get through in practice and they had the roster space so (laughs) Those things, of course, make sense. There's also a lot of conversation on Monday about special teams competitions. There's some some news out there about Adam Zimmer, Mike Zimmer's son, potentially joining the Bengals in some capacity. And there's I got more. a theory. I have a theory about that that I will drop on on our next show. We're gonna we're gonna need to get you a, a conspiracy theory hat to go with your hot takes chain, huh? Cue the X Files music. 
Is that, is that, does that work? All right. I think that I don't, works. I don't know if we're allowed to use it because of copyright, but you guys can use oh. your imagination. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not really well, getting the music, but cue it. We'll get into a little bit more of what went down on Monday's Mock Turtle Luncheon tomorrow because tomorrow, as we record this on Monday, players are showing up. Practice doesn't start until Wednesday. So we'll have you covered with any news as it breaks, of course, and more from Mock Turtle Soup Day. I'll get James's review tomorrow. We didn't quite get there today. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you need a little bit more NFL content as training camp is kicking up around the league and maybe you just need a little bit more NFL in your life, go check out Locked On NFL as well for a daily look around the rest of the league. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.